Welcome to another episode of the Spiritual Awakening Show. I go by Brent Spirit, and today I'm responding to some questions that I received from readers and listeners like yourself. Today we'll be talking about the play of life, known in Sanskrit as Leela, special powers, also known as Siddhis, how to realize enlightenment through self-inquiry, how to tell if someone is enlightened, how to know if a spiritual teacher is right for you, and whether all awakened spiritual teachers agree with each other. As always, if you have a question for me, please don't hesitate to reach out and ask. I will respond. I always appreciate it as it prompts me and inspires me to channel a response for you, which will then most likely end up as content on my blog or podcast for many other listeners and readers to benefit from as well. You can visit brentspirit.com to find out more about me, my work, my free content. I've got some ebooks, audiobooks, guided meditations, and more. As well, if you'd like to meet with me one-on-one, you can find out about my private sessions there too, brentspirit.com. Now, let's get into these questions and answers. Enjoy. So the first question we have today is, if we're all enlightened, why are there monasteries, books, teachers, anxiety, depression, delusion, frustration, doubt, and all of that. Well, that's because enlightenment is absolutely pointless, but suffering and the way out of suffering is not. Why do little kids play make-believe? Why do we pay big bucks to watch a movie? For the drama, for the emotions, for the fun. Playing pretend is the same thing that we do with our lives, actually. In Hinduism, they call it lila, meaning play. That's what it is. We play a game with ourselves. We suffer. Then we suffer more trying to get out of suffering. Then one day, we remember, Oh yeah, it's all just a play. It's all just Leela. I'm already enlightened. That's literally it. Ultimately, from the highest perspective, everything only serves one purpose. To bring us back home, to who we really are, to enlightenment. So when we suffer from depression, delusion, frustration, or doubt, even though it sucks, it's just meant to get us moving, to call us to action, to get us looking for a way out of the drama once and for all. So when we finally embark on a journey beyond suffering, we start to find pointers like monasteries, books, and teachers. These things point the way out of suffering completely. Ultimately, they are only pointers. To really go beyond suffering, beyond this drama, we have to see that even the attempt to go beyond it is part of it. And when we see that, it clicks. We see that it's all just Leela. And we just play and we laugh as we recognize that we've been enlightened and free all along. Do all enlightened people have special powers? For example... I've read so much recently about Paramahamsa Yogananda performing miracles, communicating with gods and whatnot. Can all enlightened people show and use powers like this? No. Special powers, also known as siddhis, sacred skills, psychic gifts, or mystical abilities, and enlightenment are mutually exclusive. At advanced stages of the spiritual journey, One's energy is no longer put towards maintaining a false identity or ego. 
This energy is then available for other things, perhaps special powers, but not necessarily. Look, this is all a dream. What isn't possible in a dream? The thing is, if one really wants enlightenment, even special powers are no longer intriguing. So the universe might test you, and it might ask, how bad do you want enlightenment? Do you want it more than you want the ability to fly? And you might reply, yes, I want to wake up more than I want to fly. And the universe might say, okay then, prove it. Here's the ability to fly. Let's see what you do with it. Now, if you get distracted by the ability to fly, you fail the test and you won't wake up until you overcome the desire for these special powers and such. If you were distracted by the power to fly, that means certain tendencies, such as the need for power and validation, are still active within you. At this point, you'd probably also lose the ability to fly, too. It was only a test. Keep in mind that some people may have certain psychic or mystical abilities without necessarily being self-realized or enlightened. There are people that can talk to animals telepathically. This is great. They may serve the animals as healers and messengers, but that doesn't mean they're fully awakened. So you must use your discernment. Psychic phenomena, powers, cities, abilities, and the like do not indicate a person's degree of spiritual development. Many sages have said that if you come across any powers, ignore them. They are the final traps laid out to catch anyone that is not sincere about truth, enlightenment, awakening, or self-realization. Do not be tempted by such powers and do not be fooled by those who display them. How does one become enlightened? Can we use self-inquiry? One does not become enlightened. The word become implies some sort of transformation happening in the future. There is no future and you cannot become something that you already are. Instead, we can refer to it as the realization of enlightenment. Enlightenment is the lasting realization of who you really are. One may have many glimpses or awakenings revealing their true nature. These glimpses may often be fleeting. To realize enlightenment is to abide in the default state, to remain there. Now there are many ways to realize enlightenment. All involve a letting go of that which is not who you truly are. It is about subtraction, not addition. The process is internal and revolves around you only. Nothing and nobody can help you to realize your own true nature. It is all about you. If one acknowledges enlightenment to be the realization of your true nature, there's only one question that needs to be asked. Who am I? This question is not really a question, but instead it is a tool. A device. The question has no answer that can be expressed in any way, be it in thought, words, art, or otherwise. The question is a tool that focuses your very being, honing in on the very essence of your true nature. The mind cannot answer this question. Any answer that it presents will not be true and therefore must be discarded, subtracted, let go of. When one truly realizes that the mind is futile for defining who you really are, there will be a great moment of surrender. The question will cease to exist, and all that will remain is the truth 
of your being. Though I recommend it greatly for those who are inclined, self-inquiry is not the only way to the realization of enlightenment. Each person's path is different. However, what is common between all true paths is a sincere intention, a letting go, great courage, and an authentic desire for liberation and the realization of one's true nature. If you stay true to your path while maintaining these qualities, you cannot fail. What are the signs of an enlightened person, and how can we find a genuine spiritual teacher? Most people cannot just look at a person and say whether they're enlightened or not. There's no halo that suddenly appears over one's head or anything of that sort. Even the way a person speaks or acts does not reveal it. Sure, someone that is enlightened might give off a special vibe or have a certain look in their eyes. You might start weeping in their presence or they might touch you and put you in some sort of deep, trance-like meditative state of consciousness. These mystical qualities do not necessarily mean that someone is enlightened, though. Some enlightened people can do these things and some can't. Some unenlightened people can do these things and some unenlightened people can't. These qualities really have nothing to do with enlightenment. So be careful. Many unenlightened people might speak very well and be very charismatic and inspiring. They might be able to do some pretty mystical things perhaps even miracles. They might even say that they're enlightened, the chosen one, the prophet, the messiah, and so on. They might gain a large amount of devoted followers as a result. For the average person, it's very difficult to tell whether someone is enlightened or not. And for this reason, it's important that we use our discernment to avoid wasting our time, or even worse, being abused by someone claiming to be enlightened in order to gain control over us. So if it is a fact that one cannot be sure if someone is enlightened, how should a seeker of enlightenment find an appropriate teacher? Well, one can exercise their discernment by asking a few questions such as, does the teacher ask you to believe anything? Does the teacher gain compliance by instilling fear in you by saying things like, if you don't follow me, you'll burn in hell, you'll have bad karma, and so on? Does the teacher demand your loyalty? Are you unable to leave on your own will? Does the teacher ask that you recruit more followers? Does the teacher put on a show? And if so, does that show detract from the teaching itself? Does the teacher speak in jargon, technical, or foreign language as opposed to just speaking clearly? Does the teacher refer to texts or manuals more than their own insight? Does the teacher have some sort of order of hierarchy within their student body? Does the teacher claim to be the only true teacher alive? Does the teacher point outward as opposed to inward? If you answer yes to any of these questions, as a student, it might be best to move on. There are many great, genuine teachers out there, but there are also a few that are caught up in their ego for whatever reason. So please, use your discernment. How can you tell if someone is enlightened? Ultimately, if you were to be able to recognize enlightenment in another, you would be able to recognize it in yourself too. Conversely, a self-realized person knows the frequency of it and can usually recognize it in another. Real recognize real, 
You dig? Forget about others, though. To kick off the real journey, here's a good question for a seeker to ask themselves. How can I tell that I'm not enlightened? You may respond to this question by naming off all of your human flaws. You may mention that you get angry sometimes, for example. Well, so do some enlightened masters. So your anger is not a problem. What else? Well, you may mention that you have thoughts. Well, so do some enlightened masters. Ramana Maharshi had thoughts too. So your thoughts are not a problem. Go through all of your justifications for why you're not enlightened. When you inquire into each and every one of them and understand that they are not a problem, it will dawn on you. You've been enlightened all along. People love to talk about who's enlightened and who's not. The joke's on them, though. If they could really tell who was enlightened and who wasn't, they'd be able to see that they themselves are enlightened. Do all awakened or self-realized teachers all agree with each other? There is only truth. It's the same for anyone that comes across it. All concepts, words, teachings, philosophies that attempt to express truth are simply pointers that are always off the mark, always imperfect, always missing something. For this reason, I don't think it's safe to even say that all teachers agree with their own teachings. I don't agree with absolute certainty with my own words because they're all just imperfect pointers. All of those that know what is true recognize this and don't get caught up with the pettiness of words. It's for this reason that you'll find contradictions across all teachings, traditions, philosophies, and spiritual ideas. Within this podcast alone, I'm sure if you were to get nitpicky, you'd find some contradictions as well. The truth cannot be expressed and so awakened teachers have to get creative. They have to be flexible, and they have to be inconsistent. One moment, they might say that there is free will to snap someone out of their fixation on the idea that there isn't. In another moment, they might tell someone to surrender their individual free will to the will of the universe. Also, if you ask the same question to two different awakened teachers, you're likely to get two different answers. This doesn't mean that any answer is wrong, it just means that the teaching itself is alive. That's what makes this teaching so beautiful. It's not written in a textbook and considered absolute or final. It is simply a response that arises in the moment, catered to whoever is listening at the time. It's not about agreeing or disagreeing on things that have been said in the past. It's only about what someone needs to hear in this moment. Thanks for listening today. If you have a question for me, please send it my way to info at brentspirit.com. I will respond. You can visit my website for more free content like ebooks, audiobooks, guided meditations, blog posts, videos, and more. As well, if you'd like to meet with me one-on-one -on -one to really go deep and explore some of the more nuanced aspects of your specific spiritual journey, I do offer private sessions. You can find out more about all of this at brentspirit.com. Thank you so much for listening. Much love. Peace.